All right. Thanks for sitting down and having a chat with me today, Pop, or Brian Burke, as you're best known to others on the eve of your 90th birthday. That's right, Chris. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, two and a half weeks' time. Beautiful. Well, let's, uh, let's start from the start. Can you tell me where you were born, where you grew up, and what your earliest memories of your childhood were? I was born on 26th of July 1933 in Essendon at a place, a hospital that was called Landersville. That was a street opposite us in Clunda Road. And I lived in Clunda Road until I was 23. Had my 21st birthday there. I went to school at St. Teresa's Primary School until grade six. Then St. Kieran's, which was part of St. Monica's School in Mooney Ponds. It was a scholarship school. I got a scholarship for four years. I went to St. Bernard's, did my leaving. But I didn't do my trip because in those days you had to go all the way to St Kevin's in Turak, so I didn't do my trip. So you went to, what did you get a scholarship for, for four years? At St Bernard's. You got a scholarship it's, for St Bernard's? government scholarship was called. It was worth $200 pounds a year. So what you, what'd you do to deserve that, or how did that come about? I sat for a government scholarship at uh, St Kieran's, which gave me one year and then I sat at that school for another four-year scholarship. Yeah, okay. So you must have been switched on. Were you a good student? Uh, average. Average? Yes. Yeah, okay. And what were your memories of growing up? What do you remember as a kid going through primary school and high school? Well, um, in Washington Street, which is the main street going up towards St. Teresa's School, a chap that lived in the street, was his name was... Uh, I can't think of his... Charlie Hardy. And he was one of the three Mosquito Rovers who played for Reston for 15 years. So he used to uh, show me how to play football properly. Mm. Also show me how to play tennis. Mm. And uh, at school, in those days, this is the 1940s, most of the schoolyard was uh, dug up for slip trenches in case the bombers came over during the war and you're not supposed to go near the slit trenches. But some of the naughty people like me did, fell in and nearly got drowned in the water in the slit trenches. Yeah, right. That was 1944, and then went to St Kieran's and then to St Bernard's. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, tell me about your parents. What were their names and what did they do? Uh, Turk, proper name was Jack. He was a jockey. He won uh, the Williamstown Cup on the old Williamstown racecourse on a thing called Loop Player, and its colours were green and white squares, and we used to ride those colours on one of the apple trees in the backyard. And then after he stopped riding, he worked during the war over at Kinnear's Rope Works in Footscray, driving a forklift truck, and most Mooney Valley race days, he'd go up to the races, and one time he came home with lots of money, must have backed a winner somewhere, never seen so much money, must have been in those days, I don't know, 50 or 60 pounds, which is a lot of money, seeing the average weight is only about 3 pounds 20, and we went off to the Regal Theatre to watch the movies, the Turk came home, it's too much for him. Mum, she lived in Buckley Street in Essendon. She worked in uh, Buckley and Nunn, 
which was a uh, departmental store in uh, Flinders Street. And one question my sister asked years ago, were mum and dad married? I said, of course they're married. She didn't believe me. So years later I was walking past Hatched, Matched and Dispatched, went in and paid 15 pounds, got a copy of the marriage certificate. I thought they were married in St. Teresa's in Eston, but they were married in St. Monica's in Many Ponds in 1931. Right. What was her name? Nell. Nell. So how long were they married for? I don't know. Her right name was Mary Ellen, but always called Nell. I don't know. I think Helen might have the uh, marriage certificate. I don't, don't know how long. Yeah. Turk was only 62 when he died. Nell was about 71, 72. I know she died on a Friday because my secretary spoke to me at about 11 o'clock on the Friday morning. You better go to the Royal Melbourne. Your mother's not too well. So I went up there, double parked, held her hand for about 20 minutes. She went to God. Mm. And that was it. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Tell me about your brothers and sisters. How many you got and who are they? Uh, I have one sister. Her name is Helen. She's uh, three years younger than me. I have uh, one brother left, Terry, who is, I think, five or six years younger than me. And then there was Robert, commonly known as Moses, who died New Year's Day. Um, just a second. Right. Got it written down there. Yep. Died 25th of November. No, that was Tony, 25th of November 2016. And Moses. I can remember the year that Moses died. No, I can't remember the year that Robert died. He died young? Yes, Moses was. 51, I think. He wasn't very old. Mm. Tony was 72 or thereabouts. Mm. So what happened to Robert? He and his wife were living in Port Melbourne. They just bought a unit down there and he signed up to go to the gym. And on New Year's Day, he said, I'm going to the gym for the first time. And he went to the gym, did a short exercise, fell over and he was dead. God. They... Found his, couldn't find his wallet. They found his car keys and they walked the streets till they opened his car, found his business card and uh, notified the family from there. At that time, he was human resources manager for Gadsden's. Yep. That must have been a shock to everyone. I love a shock. We were down in, um, down the peninsula, down mm. at Sredo. Got the phone call to say, better come back quickly. Moses is not too good. He was dead. Mm. wasn't very good at all. God. And what was it like growing up with your brothers and sisters? Did you all get along? Well, what did we were you lucky to get in this and we lived across the park. So we played all our cricket and footy in the park. Mm. And uh, Guy Fox time, we did all the streets with our wheelbarrows and things, got all the rubbish, had big bonfires with Guy Fox Day. And... Went to the football, wasn't far to walk up to Essendon. Turk went up there to the practice games a couple of times. He said, there's this kid playing full forward. I can't remember his name, but by hell, he can take a mark. It turned out 
kid was number 10, John Coleman. Mm-hmm. First game against Thorthorne, he kicked 12. First season, he kicked 100. Yep. I went to his wedding, went to his funeral. Went to his wedding? The wedding was uh, St. Thomas's and the corner of Mount Road and um, Buckley Street in Essendon. Wasn't yeah. a guest, just went up there to have a look. Oh, right, anyone could just rock up. Yes, yeah. in those days, yes. Yeah, okay. Mm. So you used to walk to Windy Hill? Yes, not that far. Yeah. And after the game, I'd sell Heralds and Sporting Globes. I had a round that took me back through to Lincoln Road, finished up the Rugal Theatre, and uh, sometimes go and watch the pictures. Yep. And I was getting more money than the old man was getting in those days. Really? Which when was how much? I was making about three pounds a week selling the hills at Sporting Globes. Three pounds a week? Yeah. Right. A lot of money in those days. What could you buy with three pounds in a week? Probably enough to uh, feed a family. Yeah? Because in that time there was still rationing. You had a, a ration book for clothing, for petrol, for food. And if you didn't have a car, you swapped your petrol tickets for food or uh, clothing. Mm. And that two years when I was about 16, my auntie, who had a, uh, a hotel, she had the Continental down in Sredo, she sent me a bike for Christmas. And Dad rode the bike down to Buckley Street to make a phone call while he was on the phone. Somebody pinched my bike, I never got to ride it. Oh, really? Yep, never did. Yeah, right. So the first bike I got I went up to, the, in those days, they had a police auction every three or four months up in Russell Street. I went up there and bought a bike for £10. Mm. That was my first bike. Okay. So you spent quite a lot of time at Windy Hill watching the Bombers? Oh, yes. Yes. Most of the games. So I was at North Melbourne the day that um, Coleman did his knee. And I was there the day that Ayla kicked six in the first quarter, very strong wing, and they kicked 11 goals in the first quarter. We kicked six in the second quarter with the wind. We finished up winning by five goals. Mm. After you did an 11 goal start. Yep. Yeah, okay. Did you go to away games or only at Windy Hill? Oh, no. no. Went to Carlton. That was easy to get to. Get the bus from Mooney Ponds to Glen, uh, to Glen, Burry, not Glen, Glen Ferry Station to go to Hawthorne. Uh, Richmond was easy to get to. South Melbourne was easy. They had night games down there as well. Fitzroy in Brunswick Street, that was easy. Get the train to Russell Station. Um, what else? That's about it. Can't mm-hmm. remember the stadiums. And you would have seen a few grand finals in your time? Oh, yes. I think the first one I saw was 46 or 45. We played Carlton, we were front all day, and Stafford came on the ground as 19th or 20th man, kicked one over his backside, we got done by a point. Mm. I was there when we played Melbourne, we kicked 7.27, it was a draw, came back the next week and got thrashed in the replay. Yep. I was there when we played Geelong in the grand final, Coleman got rubbed out the week before for four weeks for retaliating against Harry Casper, who was a full back for Carlton, and Geelong beat us by a couple of goals. Not good. That was great. That was a good day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So you still got a still got a passion for the bombers after oh, all yes. these years. Yes. Yep. I enjoyed two thousand. 
we won that easily, beat Melbourne by 10 goals in 2000. Yep. I was there in 83, when Hawthorne beat us by about seven or eight goals. Mm-hmm. There in 84, we came from four goals down at three-quarter time, one by three goals. And in 85, we played Hawthorne again, we beat them by 70-odd points. That's mm-hmm. those a record winning margin at grand final. Yep. Okay. And did you play footy yourself at all growing up? Oh, yes. Ran Essendon. Who did you play in for? In the CYMS. Played for St. Teresa's. St. Teresa's. And St. Bernard's, but St. Bernard's are too big for me. Yep. Okay. So how long did you play for? From what age to what age, roughly? Oh, from about 15 to about 16 or 17. Okay. So only a couple of years? Yeah. Then I played a lot of tennis. Yep. Did a lot of tennis. It wasn't far to walk down the tennis courts in Essendon. Won premierships, won trophies, uh, played a couple of times on grass, played twice at Kuyong, mm-hmm. uh, played at Stall on the grass, played at Werribee on the grass. I preferred the, preferred the undercar, the grass was too slow for me. How long did you play tennis for? Oh, probably 25 years. Yeah, okay. Still play here sometimes. Yep. And then I played a lot of squash. Yep. Played at Melbourne Uni, mm-hmm. another place. Melbourne Uni gets the best mate of mine, who now lives in Donvale. Who's that? Elgis Gavilis. Mm-hmm. Nice bloke. Yep. Yeah, okay. He used to work at the brewery as well. So you enjoyed playing squash and tennis more than you enjoyed playing footy, but you liked yes. following footy more than you enjoyed following those sports? No, I prefer squash and tennis to football because I was too small when I was 16, 17, 18. Yep. And then in 1951, I got called up for the First National Service, August of 51. What does that mean? It entailed three years in, nas- in National Service in the CMF. The first 98 days we spent at Puckapunyal. We got home once a month on leave. And after the 98 days, you did... Uh, one night in Sturt Street, South Melbourne, uh, every six weeks, every uh, year you did a weekend or a week away, usually at uh, Lake, Lake Nagambi, and once every four or five months you do a week in Bivouac, places like Hillsville, and I remember one occasion the sergeant said, Move the jeep. I said, Sergeant, I don't drink. He said, you know how to drive. I said, I can't drive. Move the bloody jeep. I did. Right through a brick fence. So is this the equivalent of the army? Reserves, yes. Yeah. National service, it was called. Right. So you had no choice. You got called no. into it? Yeah. Got in by five days. Yeah, okay. The cut-off day was uh, the 31st of July. My birthday's the 26th. Yep. And what did you think of that? You, did oh. you want, did you go willingly or did you oh, not no, want to go? It didn't worry me. I, I yeah. went. I yeah. enjoyed uh, Pakapanya. It was too far from home, but so what did you do in Pakapanya? That was, did ninety eight days of what training? Training. Yeah, throwing hand grenades, firing bring guns, yep. firing uh, stand guns. Yep. Um, and a lot of uh, night marches, finding your way around uh, with a compass. Mm. It's interesting. So you enjoyed it? Yes. So that means if there was a war at the time, you would have got called up to go? Maybe called up as a reserve only, but not frontline troops. Why is that? Why not frontline? Because we weren't enlisted. We were just uh, conscripted. 
Okay. Didn't have a difference. Okay. Yeah, right. So how long did you do that for? Three years. Three years. Mm. And then what happened? Your time was up or you left? Time was up. That was it. Yep. And then they'd call someone else in to do it. Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, All right. Do you remember leaving school? Yes. Yep. Was that, did you finish school or did you leave early or? No, I didn't do the trick. What's your trick? VCE, I suppose the equivalent now. Okay, yep. But I got to leaving and I was 15. I said, no, I've had enough. Why? Just couldn't be bothered to go to school anymore. Yep. So that, that was the November and the old man said to me, well, you can't sit around all day, what do you know? I said, I don't know. He said, get a job. I know somebody who, who's in the brewery. I said, what's a brewery? He explained to me what a brewery was. So I had an in, uh, interview at CUB. In those days, it was in Brewery Street in Carlton. And I started there in March of, uh, March of 48. Yep. What did you do there? In those days, you started what they called the inquiry desk, where you took people around to meet various managers. You licked stamps on the envelopes and took them across to the post office. And then someone suggested to me, why don't you do accounting? I said, what's that? I was explained what accounting was, so I started night school up at St Joseph's in North Melbourne. In those days, it was Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 6 till 8. And... It was a 65% pass mark. We, we had the exams at St Kilda Town Hall once a year. And in 1957, because of the army and everything else, I didn't sit for any exams for a couple of years. So I didn't qualify until about 58 or 59. So I've been a qualified accountant for over 50 years. Yeah, okay. So you're working full-time and then studying at night. That must have been a busy time. It was. Hmm. Well, I had no transport. I had to get from North Melbourne back to Western by tram. And some nights it was pretty late. Friday night was usually a nine o'clock finish. I had to wait for tram to get to Western. So you didn't drive? No. Ah. At this stage, no? No. Ah, didn't have a car. Didn't have a car. Yep. Dad didn't have a car. Yep. Dad didn't give a drive. Okay. And then you stayed working at, at the brewery, but as an accountant? Yes. I started in the accounting area, stopped there all the time. I had a couple of stints in uh, what they call the store in Russell Street next to the Duke of Wellington Hotel. I ran CB fibre containers where they make the cartons down in Newport. I did that for three months. And the rest of the time I spent going interstate looking after the taxation affairs of the CUB companies. Did you enjoy your work? Yes, I did. Yep. I had 40 years at CUB, enjoyed every moment of it. 40 years at CUB? Yep. Wow, it's a long time. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I was lucky because because of the job I had, I got to see Fiji, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, China, Japan, all at CUB's expense. So you worked in all those countries? Well, I went to conferences and stuff like that, yes. Yep, mm. that's pretty handy. Oh, good fun. Yeah, okay. I remember one time I was in Japan and I had enough of Chinese food. I went downstairs to a French restaurant, couldn't get a bottle of Australian wine, I had a bottle of French wine and a meal. It cost £165 something or other. 
So I just came back to work, signed the cheque, and sent it back to Japan. Yep. The biggest cheque I signed was over £16 million. We had 48% of elders. We had a plane lined up at Eston for another 4% in Adelaide. Directors, in their wisdom, inverted commas, decided not to go. Within three weeks, we take over by Jack Elliott. So I worked for him for four years, and that was five years too long. Right. Oh, beast of a man. Why? Why, why was he no good? He was uh, too autocratic, and uh, it wanted everything done yesterday. He was a nice bloke, didn't he? Mm. That's history. He's dead, and I'm still here. Yep. Oh, there you go. So did you drink a few beers in your 40 years at the brewery? I had the one, yes. <laughs> but in, the those, one? <laughs> in those days, you couldn't drink at work until you were 21, which yep. didn't worry me because I wasn't drinking until I've had 19 or 20 anyway. Mm. But then uh, if you got on the star, they had what they call the uh, brewer's bar upstairs, which was certainly near enough to open Slather, and the bar for the uh, workers downstairs. The first burrow for the clerks was quarter past 11 or half past 11 then again at one o'clock a quarter past three or half past three and then at six minutes past five when you knock off and I could go upstairs to the brewer's room drink until late o'clock or something like that jump the car and drive home mm. wouldn't think about doing it then how many beers would you have before you drove home 10 or 15 golly yeah okay I think we were one of the first it was a bloke called Kevin American who is unfortunately dead. He was the first bloke I know that did six months in Pancreas at Ferrara 05. Mm. So how how long was it until you got your licence and you got a car? Uh, I got the licence when I came out of the army. I was 18 and a half. And a chap called Jack Biddleston, who lived in Essendon, he and I shared the ownership a, uh, a Red Tourer. It was a Morris something or other. I remember one time we drove up to Sydney and we wanted to go across the harbour to uh, Manly. The thing wouldn't go up the hill. We had to go up a reverse. Didn't have enough guts in it. Mm. Yeah, well. Um, do you remember meeting Nan? Yes. Where'd you meet her? Worked at the brewery. Nan worked at the brewery? Mm. What was she doing there? She was secretary. Yep. Yeah, and I think the first time we went out, we went I went out for dinner at the Cathedral Hotel, which was well in the corner of Swanson and uh, Flinders Lane, just behind uh, St Paul's. Mm. How old were you then? Twenty, twenty-one. Yep. Okay. Mm. And how long till you got married? Uh, Derby Day fifty-six. Which was? How many years later? That was at Sacred Heart Church in Warrigal Road, Oakley. Oakley? Hmm. Yeah, okay. And then where did you live? Built a house in Glen Street in Glenroy. Yep. That, and we moved in there in 58. I extended a couple of times, put in a bar, built a barbecue, and the light over the barbecue was from the old tower at uh, Abbotsford. Yep. And the right kick rail on the bar was out of one of the cellars at Carlton. So why'd you move to, or build in Glenroy? Was that what you could afford at the time? Or? Close to Essendon. Close A to lot Essendon. of people lived in uh, Essendon, moved to Glenroy. Yep. And it was handy. 
handy to schools, handy to transport. Yep. And, uh, it's easy to get to the footy. Yep. Nice. Priorities. Yes. Yep. And you enjoyed living there? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, what do you remember about your daughters coming along? One of them, I think it was Blossom, when she came home from the hospital, there's 42 hots. Stink of a hot day. She's coming out from air conditioning nursery to a hot house in uh, Glenroy. That was very, very difficult for a little baby to to fathom. But mm. she got through that all right. Mm. Um, I extended the house then, put on another bedroom, another bathroom. Um, then they all went to school at Sancta Sophia. Yep. Which is now called something else, I believe. Um, they used to go to the footy and collect the cans, mm. empty cans after the footy. And on the Monday, I have to take them up to Broadmeadows, cash them in and get the money for them. Yeah, okay. So you had four ge- four girls, four daughters? Yes, four daughters. Did you want a boy or were you happy with four girls? No. That <laughs> put up with the four of them. Yep. Um, How did they get their nicknames? It's a Burke thing. The old man's name was Jack. He was called Turk. I was called Turk at school after the old man. Brutus, because when he was at the uh, seminary, I used to write it was BR for brother, TF Burke. And that was shortened to Brutus. Clarence, uh, right name, what's his name? Tony. He uh, liked horses and he'd go there and he, with his stopwatch and, and clock them. So he's called Clarence. Is Clarence a stopwatch? Clarence the clocker. Clarence the clocker. Yes. And Moses, Moses, because he was Jewish, he had short arms and deep pockets. Right. <laughs> and he was always Moses. Okay. Uh, yep. What about Helen? I didn't call her, but the old man called her Topsy, and she still answers to Topsy. Why Topsy? Don't know. It was his creation, not mine. You don't know? Okay. Ask her, she might, huh? So what about your four girls? What about them? Do you remember who they are and what their names are? <laughs> Got to think they're right their names. <laughs> All right, start at the top. Leslie. Yep. Bones, because she was very skinny as a girl, as a young girl. Uh, who the hell's next? <laughs> Carmel might have been next, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Carmel, <laughs> who was because she had blonde hair, she was called Blondie. Yep. Um, and then... Blossom. Uh, what's her name? Michelle was called Blossom because she liked all the blossoms on the tree in the springtime. So Blossom, she still wears. Mm. And uh, Catherine, Fred, uh, she was named after uh, an uncle of hers. And she's always answered to Fred. Why was she named after an uncle of hers? It's happened that way. In fact, I asked her at the last B&B, well, I'm going to call you Catherine or Fred. Mm. I answered a friend. Yep. You wanted to call Catherine. Yep. Well, there you go. Well, a house with five girls must have been challenging. How'd you cope with that? Uh, worked a lot of overtime. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Which in those days you didn't get paid for, not in my job. Yeah, okay. No, I put up with it, it was not a problem. Yep. Take the dog for a walk most nights after. In those days, I'd, I'd go run after work. I'd do a couple of laps at Princess Park. Mm. And that's about, for the day. Four and a half, five k around. Mm. I enjoyed that. That'd be most nights. So you were quite a runner. I enjoy running. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, the first one we did, the four of us. Yeah, the four of us. There was a run from St Paul's along Flinders Street to Russell, up the hill at Russell Street to Collins Street, back to Swanson, then finished the MCG. And Terry and I were probably the, the two fastest of the four of us. And I brewed, brewed us by about uh, half minute to the MCG. Mm-hmm. That was about 10k. Yep. Good run. But 10k, do you remember how, how fast you did it? What was your time roughly? No, I can't remember the time. Don't know? No. Okay. Um, and you had a dog? Yes. What sort of dog did you have? It's a black dog. Nice dog. It's called. Uh... Can't remember. I know it, but no. What sort of dog? A black dog. <laughs> <laughs> like a Labrador or a no, Kelpie it was, or a. It was, it was Kelpie side, but it wasn't a Kelpie. Don't know. Okay. So you just had the one, or did you have multiple pets? We had two dogs, because at one stage, our dog and Tony's dog were in the garage at home. And somehow they got all some poison, and they both died. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't nice. Yeah, okay. Hell of a mess. Um, what did you do for holidays when the girls were young? At that stage, I had a Holden uh, wagon, and on one occasion I put a mattress in the back, and we drove all the way to the blowhole at uh, Kayama, top end of New South Wales. Stopped at Bandstyle for a night on the way up there, and then went on to Sydney. Other holidays were to Stall, Bendigo. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you've four daughters means you've got a few son-in-laws. What was it like <laughs> meeting them for the first time? Uh, a challenge, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Because the girls were told, you will be home by 11 o'clock or something like that, and sometimes they'd disobey. Mm-hmm. No. But your daughters wouldn't disobey you, would they? <laughs> they wouldn't have. They would have second thoughts when they were a bit younger. Yeah. They would rule the roost. Yeah. Uh, no, all of them seem to be okay. Yep. They still are. Yep. Still are? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, there are exceptions, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, and there were a few parties at this Glen Street house in Glenroy, I believe. Yes, there were. Tell me about them. Well, in those days, uh, we had a pianola, and that was a great place to stick a, a, a roll on and have a sing-song and a few beers. They were for birthday parties and uh, Christmas, New Year, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there'd be various neighbours come around and relations. Mm-hmm. They were good parties. Yep. Very late parties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, what about grandkids? What are your memories of uh, grandchildren coming along? You got a few of them? Um, pleasant surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't ask me to name them all. <laughs> that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many you got? Do you know who they are? Yes. Who uh, they belong to? There are eight. Are there? Yes. Yep. Uh, Michelle has got uh, two, boy and a girl. Yep. Who were they? <laughs> Daniel and Haley? No, incorrect. Ellie? Yep. <laughs> I was mixed up with Haley and Ellie. Yep. Uh, Catherine, Fred has got uh, Jack and the other, Haley. Yep, correct. Uh, Leslie has got um, oh, some brat of a kid. <laughs> um, starts with C. Yep. 
Christopher, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Probably the same name as yours. Yep, that's the one. And uh, who else is there? Fred. Carmel. Oh, Carmel. Carmel has got uh, three. She's got Ellie. Nope. No. <laughs> okay. There is Megan, Caitlin, and... There's one more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you want a clue? Yes. It starts with K. K? Yeah. <laughs> That's great, huh? <laughs> She'll kill me. She won't be happy with you. She won't kill me. Carly, you won't be happy with you. No. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. So why didn't the grandkids get Burke nicknames like the rest of you? Just well, they, may have, they haven't got uh, any nicknames from me because I don't see them often enough, unfortunately. Mm. And that's one of the disadvantages of being so far away from home, mm. from the metropolis, wherever mm. they all live. So it's obvious to the whole family that Jax is your favourite grandson, your favourite grandchild. Why is that? It isn't because... Yes, he is. No, not really. Yeah. The only reason <laughs> I'm probably close to it, I looked after him when he was a kid. Mm. Because uh, his mother was working, so every whatever day was she was working, I'd pick him up in the pram, we'd jump on the train, we'd go into the city, mm. we'd walk around uh, Crown Casino area, and Jack always wants, Pop, I want some chips. At that stage he was only about three, and on one occasion we went down to Frankston Beach, and he lost his teddy bear down there. Mm. Might have got drowned. We never got his teddy bear back. But no, no favourites, but I was the closest because I was bonding most of the time. I mm. did that for a couple of years. We thought maybe he was your favourite because he was the only one stupid enough to go for Essendon. Well, he wasn't indoctrinated by me. Mm. It was his own court. Well, he, his mother barracks for Essendon. Yep. So that'd be his statement. I don't ever take him to the footy. Yep. I used to watch him play. Yep. There you go. Okay. Um, all right. A couple of favourites, Pop. We've already spoken about your favourite grandchild. What's your favourite food? Crayfish. Crayfish? Mm. That's an interesting answer. Why crayfish? I enjoy crayfish. <laughs> okay. Any, any others or just crayfish? Uh, I like fish. I like uh, King George whiting. Mm. Um, a nice steak occasionally. Yep. Felder took me to the lobster cave up in Beau Morris about, mm -hmm. I don't know, two months ago. Yep. I haven't been there for years. And it cost her, she had crayfish, 135 bucks for the crayfish. Mm. I had one whiting, 77 bucks. A couple of bottles of wine, it cost her 300 bucks. Oh, not cheap. No, it's not cheap. It's a good damn good place. Okay. They've got a good uh, thing going at the moment. You spend 100 bucks or whatever, they'll double it. In other words, you spend 200, they'll give you 400 credit. Mm. And you can go there, there's no corkage, and mm. it's BYO. Mm. But it's damn expensive. Got to try it out. Favourite colour? Red and black. No, you can only pick one. <laughs> Red. Favourite TV show? Jack Frost. Jack Frost? Oy, What's Jack Frost? He's a detective. Detective? David Jason. Yeah, okay. Oh, great. Yep. Favourite movie or movies? A couple. The Sting. The Sting. And uh, Godfathers. Godfathers. Mm. Okay. Favourite types of music or artists or bands? Uh, Irish music. 
Irish music. Irish music and um, country and western. Why Irish music? What got you into that? Because I've been brought up on Irish music. Yeah. Loved it. Your parents played that? Yes, they enjoyed yep. it. Yep. Who's your favourite? The Clancy Brothers and Tommy Macon. Show you something. Clancy Brothers and Tommy Macon. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I'll just put everything away because I'm doing this entire car to find what the hell I'm looking for. I bought it at home. I've had a record. Tommy Macon and Clancy Brothers. It was signed by Catherine and Michelle as a Christmas present in 2011. Yep. It's around here somewhere. God knows where she's put it. Okay. Are you a reader? Do you have a favourite book? I'm reading one at the moment, which is mostly interesting. Break up a rant. Mm-hmm. You heard of him? Oh, I've heard the name. Don't know who he is, though. He's an Australian soldier in the Boer War in South Africa, obviously. And in those days, uh, the British commander in charge of the Australian thing, uh, the upshot was he was charged with cowardice. He was shot by a firing squad. Oh. Never happened again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crucified. Um, do you remember when you married Velda? Yes, 10th of February 2000. Yep, where was that? Um, Callista. Callista? Mm. Yeah, okay. We were going to get married at Burnham Beaches, but uh, the weather was inclement, so I had to go inside to get married, as opposed to being outside. Mm. It was the 10th of February 2000, so it's 32 years. Mm. 32 years, okay. Um, when did you retire? When I was 55, so that's uh, 80. 889, something like that. Early? 55? Oh, I'd had enough. I've been yep. there 40 years. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, and then what did you do to keep you occupied once you retired? I uh, I did a few accounting jobs, helping friends out. I mob called uh, Herman and Barry out in Preston. I'd done some work for them for a few months. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine, Frank Ward, who's gone to God, Work with Oryx, so I gave him a hand for a, a few months. David Jeffrey has gone to God Work, the Police Association. I worked up there in William Street for three years. Mm. Um, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, some of my best memories growing up were of your house in Rye, holidays at uh, Lind Avenue. Tell me about that, about that house. And I bought uh, Lind Avenue. When I retired, that was part of my super. I think I paid eighty-three thousand for it, Whew. and it was a great holiday house, close to the beach, close to the shops. And we had that for a few years, and I sold that because the girls weren't using it. Mm. I said, "You either use it or I'll sell it." I sold it. I got four hundred and five thousand for it. And I gave them each their share of it. Mm. I thought to myself, there's no point waiting around until I'm 100. They can use the money now. Mm. So I sold that and I got, I think, 85000 each. Mm. Then I had a property in, in West Brunswick. I sold that. I paid 30 for that and I got 260 odd. Mm. So they got another 40000 or 50000 out of that. Mm. So I gave them the money before, when they need it, not waiting until I'm dead. Mm. So. so you're in Mount Martha now. How long have you been here? Uh, I bought the place probably 25 years ago, mm. but as a permanent residence, probably seven or eight. Yep. I like it. It's uh, very handy. 
damn big place to manage. Mm. And it's an hour to town. That's the draw part. Yep. Put up in it. Yeah, okay. Um, so what are your fondest memories of your 90 years, Pop? What are the things you look back on and, and remember oh, the best? 2000 was good. We won a premiership in 2000. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> fondest memories are... Some of the overseas holidays we've had, when Val was working, she'd get jobs in Boston and uh, the East Coast and West Coast in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a trip down the Danube, which I enjoyed again. I'd like to do another one, <coughs> but I'm too old to go overseas, apparently. Um, where else we been? Took it to Japan. Um, the Philippines, no, not the Philippines, Singapore. She enjoyed that. Um, and every anniversary, we go away somewhere. Got to be within three hours of Melbourne, so you can't go interstate. We take it in turns. It's Velda's turn next year, 2024. And you don't disclose where you're going unless the other party. Guess then you have to confirm it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out where we're going if I'm around in uh, February of 2024. That's a good tradition. Hmm? All right. Tell me about the Beer and Beef Club. That started 60 years ago. That's so. Uh, that's. Uh, you, you got the badge, didn't you? I wasn't there 60 years ago, but I've been there no. recently. <laughs> no, the first one I went to was probably, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we used to hold those. At Hosey's Hotel, which is no longer there, it was in the corner of Flinders and uh, Elizabeth. The Graham Hotel, which is no longer there. And then it came on a rotation basis from various venues. And the last one we had was the 60th anniversary at um, Keong Tennis Courts, which was good. So how'd you get involved in that 20 years ago? My boss at the time at the brewery was the secretary. Mm. Before I joined, he asked me to do the audit of the accounts every which I did. Mm. So when he retired, he said, well, you can join the, the club. So I joined when Phil retired. His name was Philip Retton Power. So I've been a member f- since, hell, quite a few years now. Mm. At least, probably 30-odd years. Yep. Okay. I got my 25-year badge. Yep. That's a long while ago. Yep. And your daughters and son-in-laws and grandchildren have become well, involved in recent years as well? Yes, and that's something I'm uh, proud about, that they followed uh, me into the B&B, and yep. I think they enjoy it. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Nice. Um, what are you most proud of, Pop, in the, your 90 years? Getting to 90? Yep. It's a pretty good effort. You know how I play up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's probably because I did a lot of running, a lot of sport when I was young, and that holds me in good stead. Mm. And I don't abuse my body too much. Yep. I can't run anymore now. Mm. That's gone completely on me. Mm. But uh, no, getting to 90, I'm looking forward to it, but it's going to be a bit of a stuff up. I can't do much about that. <laughs> so are you proud of anything else along the journey, apart from just surviving 90 years? The girls. I'm proud of the girls and what they've achieved. Yep. How they've... Uh, Work themselves into a happy adult lifehood. Yep. Very pleased about all that. It makes it easier. Yep. Don't have to go through any hassles. Yep. Nice. Um, 
How would you like to be remembered? Just remembered. Mm. Neither the good things or the bad things. <laughs> Just remembered. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't worry me when you're gone, you're gone. Yeah. Somebody else's problem, not mine. Yeah, okay. What, what? are the what are the good things and the bad things? <laughs> the good things at the moment you're still alive. You've got reasonable health. Mm. That makes a hell of a difference. I've, when I was doing Meals on Wheels for 25 years, I've seen so many people who were younger than me, mm. who were not in the same health state that I am. Mm. I see them now walking around the streets and I could buy and sell three goods on them. They're mm. not as fit as I am. Mm. And I'm far from perfect. Yep. yep. So I've been lucky health-wise. Yep. I've never broken anything. Never? No, not as far as I know. Yep. No, never had any slings and things. Yep. Worst, I should have died about 10 years ago when I slipped on the wet footpath, hit my head on a brick fence, and, and uh, as it turned out, a, a blood got on the right-hand side of my brain. Mm. I should have died. I got picked up by the coppers. They thought I was drunk. Yep. They threw me in a cell for four hours. Did they? And I was yelling out all the time, I need a doctor, I need a doctor. I knew I was crook. Mm. So they let me out about midnight. So I walked home from William Street to North Bourbon along the freeway and got home about five o'clock in the morning feeling absolutely RS and felt I wasn't home. I'd forgotten she was in a conference up in Gippsland. So I rang her secretary, I said, where is she? And Velda finally rang back and I said, you have to come home, I'm not feeling well. Mm. Why? And I told her the story. She raced home, took me to uh, St Vincent's in uh, Cotham Road and they said, no, you're in stride. We'll have to operate and open your head to relieve the pressure on your brain. I said, no, you're not. Well, you'll die. I said, well, stiff. You're not going to put a hole in my head. So they put me in intensive care for three or four days, gave me medication, but no holes in the head. I got over it. Mm. I've got the x-ray to prove that the blood clot is still there. There you go. Has it affected me? That was 10 years ago. Yep. And you're as fit as ever. Yep. Oh, very, very lucky. Yeah, OK. Um, well, as a former accountant and a property mogul an and a, still an accountant and someone who's, you know, managed money for lots of people, for your family and for clients over the years. What advice can you give me about money? Firstly, save it and then spend it. Yep. There are no pockets in shrouds. There's no I what? I haven't got any money now. There's no shrouds. What? What's shrouds? Shroud is what you put a dead body in. It's a shroud. Right. Okay. No. I'm dying poor. I haven't got much. I don't... Don't get a pension. Mm. It's whatever I've got left. Mm. I get a few quid out of doing the tax returns. Mm. Apart from that, no income. Yep. But I don't spend gold coins. I save every one of them. Why is that? Because when I fill the money boxes, there's 701 and about 300 in the other. Mm -hmm. So that's a bonus. Yep. And I'll get something from the birthday, I suppose. Yep. Okay. And finally, what advice can you give me about life and happiness Pop. it goes hand in hand if you've got a good family a good work relationship fine friends you're pretty well there mm. as long as you behave yourself you're okay yep yep i'm not a philosopher yep <laughs> aren't you no not no. really no no oh well i'm too old to be that yeah i'm too old to be any damn thing but okay. i'm still here yep that's it all right brilliant Thanks for the chat, Pop, and happy 90th birthday. Thanks, mate. Look forward to celebrating at uh, the QRSL in a few weeks. Yes.
two weeks, uh, three weeks tomorrow. Yep, beautiful. Is that enough for you? That's enough. Thanks, Pop. <laughs>